The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. I want to thank you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you have joined us. And uh, thank you so much for making your comments on Facebook and for liking the Spirit of Recovery page on Facebook. And uh, glad you're participating here in our Spirit of Recovery community. Um, I want to also let you know that I really enjoy getting your emails and hearing how things are going for you in your recovery and your spirituality journey. Also, thank you so much for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, your unity community, your other spiritual communities, your friends and your families know about us here on unityonlineradio.org and to know about Spirit of Recovery. And it's great to know that what we're doing is making a real difference for you and is touching your hearts and touching your minds. Every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community We have guests here who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. They're people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people. And every week, we're bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You can listen to Spirit of Recovery and all the other great programs here on UnityOnlineRadio.org by um, uh, certainly live via your computer. You can listen via your smart device. You can listen to archives and um, on demand, and you can go to UnityOnlineRadio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery. We've got several years' worth of great archive programs that you can hear at your on your own time and space when you're ready to hear them. Also, if you feel so moved to financially support Spirit of Recovery and the other programs on Unity Online Radio, you can do that very easily by um, using your smartphone. You can make either a one-time gift or a recurring contribution by texting Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone and know that your contributions do indeed support this great um, network and all the programs including Spirit of Recovery. I want you to know that the Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. If you're a person in recovery from any kind of an addiction, if you're the family member or friend of someone who has the disease of addiction, perhaps you are in your own recovery as a family member or not, perhaps they are in recovery or not, whatever, we're glad that you're here, glad you're listening. Um, glad to have you too if you're just curious about the process of recovery, just want to learn, learn a little bit more about recovery and spirituality, uh, looking for some information. We're very, very glad that you're with us and uh, glad that you're part of the Spirit of Recovery community and we welcome your participation in our discussions. You can always make a comment or, or bring a question for my guest of the day by emailing us or by um, calling in. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. 
I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. I'm also a person um, who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction. And uh, 33 years ago, those relationships were a catalyst that got me involved in an active path of personal and spiritual growth. And my walk continues to be an integration of the spiritual principles of unity and the recovery principles. That transforms my life and deepens me and uh, enriches my life in ways that I never could have imagined. So, welcome again to Spirit of Recovery, and today our topic is Embracing Step 11 Through a Simple Approach to Meditation, and my guest is Tom Catton. Tom's been my guest here uh, a couple of times before on Spirit of Recovery, and I know you're going to enjoy again what he has to share with us. You know, um, daily meditation is what forms the foundation for continuous spiritual growth, Um If you are a person that uses the 12 steps in your recovery, you know that step 11 is a prayer and meditation step. It's what invites us to deepen and broaden and enrich that connection that we have with our higher power in a conscious way. And to do that through prayer and meditation. But what I've discovered, you know, in talking to people over the years in recovery and working with them, is that a lot of times people feel intimidated by this idea of meditation. They, I think we all have a lot of sort of misguided images of what meditation is and how you practice it. And you think, oh, I, I can't do that or it's too esoteric or whatever. But um, it isn't. And my guest today, Tom Catton, is going to share with us about that. He's a person that's been in long-term recovery and he's been in recovery since 1971 and he's been a meditator since 1966. Tom's got a book that is very, very near publication. It's called May I Sit With You, A Simple Approach to Meditation. And in that book, he explains a very simple, effective approach that he uses and shares with people all around the world. And um, you can also read Tom's other book that's been published now for a couple years. It's called The Mindful Addict. Uh, a memoir of the awakening spirit and you can find uh, Tom Catton that's C-A-T-T-O-N on Facebook so Tom welcome back to Spirit of Recovery Aloha Anna and thank you so much for having me back I really appreciate it thank a you. lovely it's show Thank you. It's it's really good to have you here. And in case you didn't uh, grasp that, Tom does live in Hawaii. So thank you for that aloha and, and sharing that beautiful uh, aloha spirit with us. Um, and it, really glad to have you back and, and your lovely, peaceful presence. Um, thank you. Tom, you've been... Uh, you, you've been on a couple of uh, a beautiful trips since I've had you on, on the... Uh, spirit of recovery here you took a trip i think to thailand right in which you really incorporated uh, to bali. Of- bali bali okay yeah would you share yeah. with us a little bit about that because i know you incorporated a lot of meditation practices and and different things in addition to i'm sure just enjoying being there but would you share right. with us a little bit about your trip to bali and meditation and your spirituality Right, right, I will. So Bali has been almost, I, I've gone to Bali so many times. Uh, I used to actually be in an import business where I was importing from Bali, but that's been a number of years. But this was really just a trip for my wife and I to uh, just go and relax. It was, you know, I didn't have to work there because I'm not importing anymore. So when I'm in a place, another name for the island of Bali is the Island of the Gods. So it's a very, very lovely and spiritual place. Most of Indonesia is, um, well, Bali is mostly Hindu, so it's it's uh, quite nice. For the rest of it, it's Muslim almost. But even there, there's that going on. And what I really love, up rather early every day uh, to sit no matter where I am. And so... I would go out on our little front porch terrace early in the morning, and it was quite beautiful because, like in India, this happens too, and uh, there are Muslims, and they get up early and chant, 
And I think they chant through a microphone sometimes so you can hear them so loud. But it was just, it was really a cool way to start the day hearing them. And then, and then the Balinese have little offering baskets every single morning. There's little offering baskets everywhere on, you know, on steps, you know, on the dashboard of the car with incense burning. So it's a very, like I said, very spiritual place, and I always use my time there, especially if I'm not working, to really just do nothing, you know, no agenda at all. I, have, I can wake up with no agenda, and that's a beautiful time to sit, just when you're expecting nothing, have nothing to do but sit. So it was really nice. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for posting the beautiful photographs on on your Facebook page. And it was, mm-hmm. it was great to see that. And you could feel that piece, some of the beauty and uh, the places that you were and, and just what you're saying almost get, that was conveyed through those right. photographs, that, that sense of peacefulness and, and just stuff for sure. So well, I was you, really, I was go, ahead. go on. Go ahead. Okay, go on. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. Well, I was really what I was also practicing there was a lot of what I call loving kindness meditation, where you actually start with yourself and send loving kindness, and then send it to others. You know, it's just a prayer, like in the Christian sense, they call that just praying for others. You know, just mm-hmm. sending good thoughts to other people, and so this is just. More of the Buddhist way is called metta, where you just send loving kindness. So what was happening while we were in Bali, it was happening before we left, but it really took on some energy, and now it's full-blown, like going to take over a town in the next couple of days, part of a town. But we have lava flowing down right towards oh. us. Uh-huh. And we did the whole time I was there. And I just every morning, and they call the volcano goddess in Hawaii, Pele, Mm-hmm. And, you know, P-E-L-E. And so I just sent loving kindness to Paley every morning, you know, not asking her to stop, not asking anything, just letting her be aware that we appreciate her and know she's she creates land, but also you have to destroy some on the way, I guess. But it's pretty heavy, you know, and I was spending a lot of time just trying to do that and be in touch with Madam Paley and just mm-hmm. let her know that, you know, sending loving kindness. But, you know, it slowed down for a while, but right now, I think today or last night, it took over the first house, and it should be crossing this village road in the next couple of days, and then it's going to go to the highway, and it's quite a, it's all over the national news, I think, finally now, but I'm only three miles from the flow is where I live. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it's, it's pretty heavy. <laughs> Are you in the path of, of Madam Pele? I'm not in the or? path. No, I'm, I'm not in the path. I mean, I could be. I'm, I'm living. Look, at we're on the side of a volcano, so we all know that. So this, and we never thought this would happen. It was always flowing in the other direction uh, into the water. Now it's, it's headed for the water again, but now it's taking out. There's just uh, communities where it's going through now. So I'm going to be what we call now on the right side of the flow because, I'm not going to be cut off um, from going into town, into Hila. A lot of people are going to be cut off, so they're trying to make new roads through the rainforest so people can get into, you know, it's quite, there's so much involved, it's unbelievable. So even if I'm not in the path, it's affecting everyone here. Right, and you're on on the big island on the Hilo side, right? Yeah, right, 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 right. So this is, I mean, it's a good, I mean, this kind of stuff, it's actually, I just bring it up because it's perfect for what meditation is about to me, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's about uh, being in the middle of life's challenges and learning to face them with more equanimity, Mm -hmm. not labeling things good or bad and not getting caught in a story about it, you know, because you can all of a sudden your thoughts can just take off. And there's a million outcomes, and none of them are good, you know, and that's where all our stress comes from. So this is, things like this is, is, is what practice is about, you know. It's why we practice meditation. It's not, and why we work 12 steps in our life, not because 
we might be feeling so good, but it's because this this stuff helps us through the challenges. Mm-hmm. So, um, tell us some more about that. How is this? And I'll, I'll say one other thing, and then I want to come back to this. I did um, have you scheduled to be my guest. I don't know now. Maybe it was a couple of months ago here on yeah. Spirit of Recovery, but we had to cancel because yeah. there had been the, the big storm. <laughs> yeah, I heard yeah, the hurricane. And you I'm telling you, your, yeah, your right through this area. Yeah, right through here. We were without power for eight days. I woke up the next morning. It looked like you know, I was in a war zone. You couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't get ten. I mean, to get ten minutes from my house, it caught, took me an hour because there was just trees down, lines down. I actually thought, Anna, when I woke up the next morning, this is going to take a year to rebuild this place. But, you know, they... The electric company and telephone companies, they were working 24-7. But what's funny is that now I've reflected on that. I'm in what they call the Puna area, about 14 miles out of Hilo. And, gosh, we just got hit by this hurricane, got devastated. The most devastation anywhere, nothing else in Hawaii got it like we did. It, the eye came right over the top of us. And now we got lava coming down. It's like biblical times, you know. I mean, does it get any? <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh, our poor community. But it brings people together. It really does. It's very fascinating. So, Right. And tell us some more about, um, you know, what you were just saying and these two experiences so close together for you with the, with the land and the weather. What's different in you because you are so committed to meditation, so committed to this, than, than, than would be if you weren't? How are you experiencing this in a personally that's so it's different than what it might have been for well, you? Well, it's kind, of, it's kind of a paradox. First of all, the practice of meditation, the ongoing practice of meditation, opens our hearts. It sometimes breaks our hearts wide open, which leads us to compassion and leads us to be more aware of the suffering on the planet, okay? So that's one side of what meditation does. Now, here we are in the middle of any kind of challenge which brings on suffering of others and and it can bring on suffering of yourself, but now meditation's opened us up to this, so we're not in denial about it, but it also softens it. It's because... It, it, meditation simply invites us to participate in life as it is happening, not as it's going to happen next week, not as it's going to happen next month, but as it is happening right now. So with that, that's one, after you, if you've been practicing this a long time and practicing coming back to the moment over again, again and again and again through situations, you, you, have like a, a security system. You just, in your head, you just, you don't, look at, we can't stop thinking. And, and thoughts are, they come in without being invited, believe me. We have no control over these thoughts that come in. But what we can learn through meditation is the discipline of not chasing the thoughts. Because like the volcano thing, you know, or any tragedy, you know, it's coming and it's very easy. Our mind lets thoughts in and we start projecting this is that. I'm going to lose everything. Uh, life is over. You know, this this heavy stuff. And, and it's just what we're doing is we're making it up. If we're not present and we're even in next week, that close of a time, we're not, we're making up things in our head. We don't know what's going to happen. And, and we don't know what this is going to lead us to. Because I think on the side of every challenge, we find more joy and we've learned something. So I think the idea of being someone who meditates, we learn that everything that happens, there's things in life that just bring on stress. I mean, just at the beginning Hold of the thought. show, I, it's time for a break. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Tom, for uh, okay. this is great, and, and uh, whew, you're giving us a lot. Um, it's time for our break. Stay with us, listeners. We'll be right back. My guest is Tom Catton, and we're talking about embracing step 11 through a simple approach to meditation.
If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. For listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. If you're just joining us, my guest today is Tom Catton, and Tom is a person who's been in long-term recovery. He started in in 1971, and Tom has also been a meditator since 1966. And uh, we're talking about the idea of embracing Step 11, which is that prayer and meditation step in the 12 steps of recovery, uh, embracing that step through a simple approach to meditation. Tom um, has a book out um, that's been out for a couple of years now called The Mindful Addict, a memoir of awakening the spirit. And he has a book that will be coming out very soon in publication called May I Sit With You? A simple approach to meditation, and uh, Tom's story appears in a twelve-step uh, recovery book that's uh, been in circulation around the world. He's frequently invited to speak in the United States and around the world uh, at twelve-step conferences, and um, he is also on the advisory board of the Buddhist Recovery Network. And Tom is a, a teacher of Buddhist recovery meditation, and um, mostly he. The, the real deal about Tom, all the stuff he does is wonderful and great. And the real thing, he's a real um, person living from the inside out, living his life in the present moment. Before I get back to my conversation with Tom about um, approaches to meditation and spiritual growth, I invite you to join me in a brief moment of conscious contact with your higher power, a brief moment of meditation, sharing a constructive idea, the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to be aware of your breath as it comes in and goes out. To allow yourself to feel that relaxation in your body. To place your awareness in the area of your heart. And share with me this constructive idea. I relax and I receive God's loving kindness. I relax and I receive God's loving kindness. Take a moment now in the quiet. friends for joining me in the serenity minute and i trust that this was an opportunity for you to experience that loving kindness that is your higher powers um, attitude and presence in you and so now i'm back to my conversation with my guest tom catton we're talking about embracing step 11 through a simple approach to meditation 
So, Tom, before the break, you were talking with us about uh, the idea of stress and about how the really the antidote to stress is being in the present moment and how much meditation helps us with that. So, tell us some more about that. Yes, thanks. And uh, yeah, I was trying to get at is that when we call it a story or a storyline that we it's so easy to get sucked out of the moment with thoughts and um so the idea is we've got the, a problem in our life a uh, divorce uh money problems illness you know there's just challenges come in every shape and form and so whatever's going on you're in a divorce you're in, got illness or whatever so that's stressful. There is, there's no, it's supposed to be stressful. There is stress in life. But what we've seen from, in meditation is that 10% of the stress we're feeling, just 10% of that stress you're feeling is from the actual situation you're going through. The other 90% is your mind, is our heads projecting an outcome of whatever we're going through. And that projection is where most of the stress comes from. And if you look back in hindsight through things you've been through, I guarantee you, you'll say, it didn't come out as bad as I thought it was going to. So that's, it's a very important thing. And, and that little simple meditation we just did before coming back in, just if we do things like that, the minute you see yourself going out into the future about something and you're feeling really uptight and confused and scared, just sit for a minute and go back to the breath. Just like Anna was just saying, just simply watch the breath go in and out, and, and that's your anchor to the present moment. And another reason it gets in program language and, and, and stuff like that uh, the reason it's so crazy if we project to next week, if we even project to tomorrow, the reason it's so crazy is because we are there by ourselves. God only lives in the moment. That's very important to know. God can only help us and give us grace in this particular moment right here. So it's, it's really fascinating that most of our suffering, most of our stress, we are causing it with our own thoughts. And once you realize that, once you realize that, it doesn't, it's easier to recognize it and, and take a stop during the day, even 10,000 times if you have to, and just come back to your breath. Just come back to your breath. It will definitely calm everything down because you'll be present. We can all deal with the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When we get outside of it, for sure, that it, it upsets us. You know, I think um, one thing I've heard people say, and I've, you know, felt that way myself in the past, was that when you read that 11th step or, or whatever method of recovery a person may be using, um, usually the idea of some kind of meditation uh, and or prayer is part of it. And sometimes people feel intimidated by this concept of meditation they think well my goodness you have to be you know from some eastern religion or it's complicated or blah 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 blah. so how do you address that with people and and then they don't do it that's the problem (laughs) meditate well you know i know it's it's true two surprising things i you know i speak once in a while at conventions and I'm always the Sunday morning speaker, or if I am Saturday night, I mean, it's the same talk. It's always about the spiritual thing and about meditation and stuff like that. Two things I've noticed. How many people that contact me or come up to me or want to know something don't practice a real, what I call, meditation. They get up in the morning and they get on their knees and they say, Please keep me clean at night. They come home and they get on their knees. Thank you. And that, and that is groovy. Let me tell you, I'm glad they do that. But I just, but I, I'm surprised at how many people don't have a formal practice of step 11. Then what I'm also surprised about and thrilled about is how many hearts are actually open and people want to do it. 
But like you said, they have a misconception about it. They think it's some big thing you have to go sit in a cave for 20 years to get initiated. And they just don't know the simplicity of it is doing just what you described, sitting. And I, I tell guys I sponsor with, uh, when I first even take them on, no matter how long they've been clean, I say, what are you doing with your 11th step, you know? And actually I'm asking them, how's your relationship with the moment or with your God or whatever. It's the same thing. So what I suggest very simply, and actually in my new book I have a little uh, thing on, we've all heard of go to 90 meetings in 90 days. That That's popular in all the programs. Hit, when you first come in, do 90 meetings in 90 days. And in my book I suggest 90, med- 90 meditations in 90 days. Just try it. You know what I mean? And I just tell people it's as simple as just, I say, start off with 10 minutes. Don't try to start off with more than that because then you might be doing okay and then all of a sudden you won't have time, you know, so then you don't do it and then you start. So just start off with 10 minutes and sit there and just be mindful of your breath. And your thoughts are going to, you're going to have tons of thoughts and all of a sudden, uh, several minutes will pass, and you go, "Oh my gosh, I'm meditating." That's right. I got, <laughs> and I say at that time, don't judge yourself. Just gently return to the breath. Just gently return to the breath. And that might found, sound oversimplified, but really, like I said, the breath becomes our anchor to the moment. If we are mindful, if we see and observe our breath coming in and going out, coming in and going out, we are present. We're there. We're, the storyline is not going. You know, the thoughts, thoughts come in in the background. They just keep drifting through, but you don't start chasing them. And the minute you start chasing a thought, hanging on to one idea, one concept, all of a sudden then you're lost again and you're, you know, you're in the next month. So I think the 90 days, try 90 sits and 90 days, even if it's just 10 minutes. And it'll start to really create a discipline. And pretty soon, I think, you just will not ever want to miss a day. It won't feel right to get up in the morning and not meditate. Mm -hmm. You know, some people kind of related to what you were just saying there will say, well, I don't meditate because they'll say, I can't meditate because I can't make myself stop thinking. Right. And, and, And my joke is, well, good, because you would probably be in a coma. Yeah, right, right. So how do you help people with, with that? Well, I, I explained, well, I explained to them, you know, I mean, that, the two things that I get, and it's, it's not, it's the thinking thing, which is, causes restlessness. Mm-hmm. So they're too restless to meditate, or they don't have time in the morning. They're too rushed, because I think starting your day is really a good way to, to do it. And then you can stop during the day and meditate anytime you want or before you go to bed, but it's nice to get a practice in the morning. So when they come up with the excuse, I don't have time, I just say, boy, that's the simplest thing I can he- you know, help you with. Just get up a half hour earlier. You know, don't, don't make yourself so rushed in the morning. And then the thought thing is I do explain to them that thoughts are completely natural. This isn't your concept of a Zen monk sitting in a white room with his nose up against the wall with no thoughts. You know, we have thoughts. We will always be thinking. And just like I always explain, the ocean has waves. The ocean is going to have waves. That's what it does. So it's okay to think. The whole idea is just don't, just observe the thoughts as they go by. Don't grab them. Don't latch on to them in that time you're sitting there. So it, it, it's like, and I tell him, you, maybe you're going to come back so many times. I, I basically am, I try to practice mindfulness all day long, and, it, and, and that's what you learn to do after a while. Is you just get off your cushion in the morning. You take it with you. But I really do uh, try to practice it constantly but the thing is i don't and i have and i literally probably come back to my breath i stop and say okay back to my breath possibly ten thousand times a day but how beautiful is that because that means ten thousand times a day i'm coming back to the moment instead of drifting around so this takes practice and it's what we're going to do the rest of our lives that's how i look at it's job security 
the -hmm. practice of step 11, the practice of meditation is job security. And even the 11th step, the main part of it is praying only for knowledge of God's will for us. You know, that means that meditation is also about guidance. I think that's a very big part of meditation is guidance. And how are you going to receive guidance when you're sitting if you're just off into the future somewhere? You have to stay present. So, you know, it's just very important. That's the highest. I, I, I remember I contacted you when I was writing my book and said, just give me some of your ideas on prayer, you know. And uh, and I used some of that in my book and and also... Uh, to me, what's come to me is the highest form of prayer. The highest form of prayer I can do is sit in the silence and listen. Mm-hmm. Because this God, this loving God, already knows all my needs. Before mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I just sit in the silence and then I'm introduced to my highest good that way. And I've had direct guidance so many times where the, 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 you know when a thought comes through and it's guidance and it's not just you. Because the goosebumps, the, the, there's something that goes on and you, and you know it's real. So, but you only can do that if you are able to sit and listen. Mm-hmm. What um, happens for people that you've worked with or you interacted with when they do uh, start the practice? People, maybe they've been in recovery for a long time, but they haven't really practiced meditation. What do you see happening in their lives when they start? Well, I see a calmness, of course, first off. You know, people, people that start to give it a chance, even for a week or two, start to notice a difference in their lives. By, because they're practicing staying present and they're not getting in the stories as much. And I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm just, my heart is just so touched when somebody starts to do the meditation and actually gives it a chance and doesn't listen to all the, the signs of the mind saying you're too busy to be doing this. And they just sit through that stuff. And it, it starts to change their life dramatically mostly with a sense of peace, you know, a sense of peace going through things like lava flows and brain <laughs> surgery and cancer and, you know. <laughs> I'm not just, you've experienced. Uh, yeah, and I'm not just talking about this making up things because I've been through it all. Right. You know, in the la- I've been clean now 43 years, and I don't have a gold star next to my name, you know. I, I mean, you know, I've been practicing for a long time and a lot of service, and still I've been diagnosed with cancer. I got in a horrific car accident where I had to have two brain surgeries. I've got lava flowing down three miles from my house. You know, there's no protection. There's no safe place. You don't get the gold star where life is going to be just perfect. The rest, You know, no, I'm... We're subject to all this stuff, and, and the people that meditate and find a calmness, they can walk through it with much less stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, sometimes uh, I think that maybe what the major job on the planet right now is for people that are uh, involved in, in our spiritual growth is to do just what you're talking about, to learn to be present, because the complexity in the world is increasing. That's, um, that's not going to shift. But what but it's the opportunity to bring something different to it, to bring this, this calmness right. and this peace and love. Right. I call it becoming a spiritual warrior. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Become a spiritual warrior, and, and you just need, there are so many opportunities to give love. In other words, I, I, you know, it's really easy to sit down and start to question, why is there so much suffering if there's a loving God? And, you know, we hear all that time. I don't have to understand why. I don't even understand God, period. I mean, that, I'm telling you that with 43 years clean. I have no understanding of God, but I want to love and serve God. And that's what counts. And so, Hold on to that a, thought. We're going to come back okay. in just a minute and finish, because that's a great, uh, great thought there. We're going to take our break. My guest is Tom Catton. We're talking about embracing Step 11 through a simple approach to meditation, and we'll be right back. He's the most talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus? As a savior? 
a way shower, a mythical hero. In his cutting-edge new book, Jesus 2.1, an upgrade for the 21st century, Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, trusted king when earthly governments fail, all-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today, just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus. I'm your host. And if you are just joining us, our topic today is embracing Step Eleven. Of, through, of the 12 steps of recovery through a simple approach to meditation. And my guest is Tom Catton, C-A-T-T-O-N. Tom is the author of The Mindful Addict, a memoir of awakening to spirituality. And it is he's also the author of a book that is just about to be published. It's near publication, will be out in a few months. And this book is titled, May I Sit With You, A Simple Approach to Meditation. Tom has been in recovery since 1971. And he has been a meditator since 1966. He's part of the advisory board of the Buddhist Recovery Network, and he teaches Buddhist recovery meditation groups and um, loves to share with people about the process of being present and um, being a meditator. So, Tom, before the break, you were talking with us about the idea of, uh, you say, I've been in uh, recovery for 41 years, and I, I, or no, it's 43 years, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I don't, don't know, cheat me now. Don't cheat me. <laughs> I won't cheat you. Okay, 43 years, 43. And, um, and I don't know who God is either. I'm, I don't understand God. So tell us some more about that, this whole concept of understanding God or whatever. Yeah, okay. So in, uh, you know, in 12-step recovery, it, 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 we say just the God of our understanding, you know, and which is cool because we don't force anything on anybody. But I mean, as I've grown in the years and the years, and I've been through many, many challenges, and I've found myself on my knees praying and, you know, complete pain over some relationship, you know, something. You know, I've come to the conclusion I really don't understand God, and I'm okay with that. I think it's actually a very healthy approach, and uh, because I, I'm, I'm sitting in this body with this mind that has a mind of its own, and I, you know, I, I don't need to understand God. I don't need to understand the complexity of religion or all the different spiritual paths. I just have to be willing to want to be a loving channel to help others. And to me, that's why we're on the planet. That's the only reason we're all here is to learn to serve and love each other. So that, in that sense, I don't have to understand God. I just want to serve God. 
that's my ultimate thing. It always has. And I don't mind using the word, like I'm, you know, the Buddhist teachings, Buddha didn't come here to teach about God. Buddha came here to teach about how to relieve suffering. So there's a lot of uh, people that are Buddhists that don't like that word God, but it certainly doesn't. I actually even call myself just a simple recovery guy. I don't even think I'm a Buddhist. I don't think I'm a... I'm basically a simple recovery guy that has a spiritual path of the 12 steps. In the 11th step, has led me some pretty cool places, you know, and I'm very attracted to what I call the Dharma. The Dharma is simply the teachings of the Buddha, and I call recovery the Dharma, too, the teachings of the 12 steps. So... The Dharma is spiritual teachings, but I'm very attracted to the Dharma, and and I I just know I don't have to understand all this. I just have to be a participant and be willing to give of myself. You know, because enlightenment, uh, Anna, enlightenment is is a great, wonderful experience, but without giving love. You don't, you don't live an enlightened life if you just get enlightenment. Enlightenment is about giving of yourself every second of the day, period. No matter if you're full of self-pity, no matter what it is, we go and we make ourselves available to others. And that is an enlightened life. That's what enlightenment is to me, you know. So it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I think it, it's true because sometimes, I don't know where it happened, somewhere in the 60s and 70s or 80s or whatever, it, it seemed like there was some some little strain of thought in there that got this idea of enlightenment or being spiritual sort of meant somehow that you were like way detached from the world and you were kind of off to yourself and you had some kind of special magic knowledge and and you could be rude to people and it was just goofy and that's not spirituality it's about what you're just saying it's about living living a a life of integrity and a life of just service you know service Mm -hmm. And of uh, every every spiritual path you you study, you're going to find service in there. It's, and us in the twelve step programs are so lucky because there's so many opportunities to service with the newcomer walking in the door and the service to keep your fellowship going in your area. You know, get involved in the service structure. Uh, uh, it's you know we have that tied right in. They say we either learn to give. Or we use again. So it's, yeah, we're lucky to be uh, recovering people, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. Speaking in, in that idea of service and, and the heart and love, one of the chapters in your book that's coming out, May I Sit With You, um, is about ways of opening our heart. Mm-hmm. Share some of those with us. How do we open our heart and be of service? Well, the, first of all, all this stuff is is pure grace, as we know. That's 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 the one thing that's for sure. It's just it's just grace. Anytime any kind of experience happens, I believe it's grace. There's really, and in some ways, we practice these principles, but in in the other way, the, the grace is what does it. And of course, one of the ways we open our hearts, and I know I went into a bunch of different examples in the book about it uh but one of the best ways is is having your heart through a situation in life be broken wide open through a relationship split up a great loss anything like that is what opens our hearts and as long as we can keep our hearts open and and stay vulnerable you know that's how compassion is born and that's how we grow i think spiritually not trying to in other words not trying to protect ourselves Mm -hmm. if you know you know i mean we don't want to anytime pain comes we don't want to have to try to protect ourselves constantly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so letting that heart letting your heart remain open is is one of the best uh ways to grow i think for sure you know, an, another thing that you talk about in your book that it is that way of opening to the present moment is uh, your uh, 
what you write about um, a practice that you sometimes use uh, with groups of people that you work with, and that's the practice of eating the raisin. Tell us about eating the raisin. Well, the mindful, well, that comes along with the mindful eating, and I mean, that's what it reminds that's what comes mm-hmm. to me. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the neat thing is what we've talked about a little bit today is mindfulness in just letting your breath re- take you to the present moment. So, and as I said, uh, the more, the idea is when you get up from your cushion, that you actually carry mindfulness with you. And one of the ways is to be mindful walking, okay? Just as you leave, everywhere you go, just be aware you're doing what you're doing. And another way is is mindful eating. And, and when you're on retreat, I've been on retreat where when you're on a long retreat, you know, you're, you're encouraged to not just sit down and gobble your food, and but yet just to sit there and taste it. And a lot of times on a retreat before the meal starts, the teacher will pass a raisin out to everybody and have them put it in your mouth. And the, it's a very drawn-out process. You know, they just say, put it in your mouth. Now just let it rest on your tongue. Just What's the sensation? Do you feel there's a little bit of taste coming through? And you sit there with that for a while, and pretty soon you start to chew the raisin, and you just become completely engulfed in the, in the experience. And that's all mindfulness asks us to do, really, is to be doing whatever you're doing it, do it while you're doing it. Be aware you're doing it. And that's the whole idea. When you eat your food, do that. Whenever you, instead of running through life at warp speed, slow down to the moment. That's what I tell people. Just slow down to the moment, you know. When, you walk after, when you're leaving your house for work, instead of rushing out the door, what have I forgotten? Just take your time, you know. When you're walking to the car, really walk to the car. What's the ground feel like under your shoes? You know, you've just left the house. You get in your car. You start it. You're, you know, try to practice doing what you're doing while you're doing it all day long. You know, you don't have to, that doesn't mean you have to eat your breakfast and take 30 minutes to eat your oatmeal or something, but just be present with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, a wonderful uh, invitation to all of us to to do that, to, as you're saying, to be present in that moment. You know, one thing that happens that really you've alluded to earlier today is that in this moment, I think we feel safe. When I'm in this moment, I'm safe, and I feel right. it. When I'm out there, right. I feel frightened, maybe, or anxious. Cause, right. Because I'm out of my element, in a sense. Well, that's what happens, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a, the whole thing is we're out there by ourselves, so it, it, it is anxiety-ridden. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it just is. And, and the, the best thing to know is that when you're out there doing that, you are making it up. Mm-hmm. You know, your challenge may be real, but, you're, but what you're witnessing isn't. You know, it's, it's make-believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So, um, as we're uh, coming to the, the near the end here of our time today, tell us a little bit about the concept of reverence. That's another um, important idea that you talk about in your your book. Yeah, I think I, I think I actually had a chapter in the book on that, didn't I? Mm-hmm. I sent I sent Anna, Anna the manuscript, the unedited, so she could be familiar with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she's more attuned into it than I am right now. <laughs> but reverence to me is just look at when you are in the moment, when when you can be in the moment, when you can walk across the grass, feel the grass, look down. A breeze goes by, and the grass wave is, and the sun's glimmering off of it, and you're just caught up in the moment. And that's, to me, that's just a, that's reverence. Having reverence for life is being caught up in the moment, and it it's truly your sanctuary. You know, when I'm, when meditation has become my sanctuary, 
And when I'm in the moment, I have reverence, I have love, I have appreciation for everything. You know, but when I'm walking through my life, not watching where I'm going with a thousand different thoughts, a thousand different outcomes, I'm actually missing life. You know, life is just passing us by, and in some ways, we don't realize how much that's true, but it is. Mm-hmm. I think that John Lennon had a song like that, or saying, life is just passing you by, you know, and it really mm-hmm. is. So to give reverence to every movement you make, to everything, and I know it might sound weird to some people, but it's just such a more beautiful way to live, is to stay mm-hmm. present. Right. It, makes every, it just makes everything holy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's like it's the um, it's the antidote to addiction, really, in whatever well, form we know can come in a lot of forms. Well, see, yeah. that's it. That's it. Really is, and that's why there's so many people in recovery that actually like this whole so-called Buddhist approach because the Buddha talked about suffering and how to relieve it, and. And he has that, that's your eightfold path. And it's all about, there's so many addictions. And anyway, when, yeah, after you get clean for a few years and you're going through the steps, I always ask people, step one, you know, what is your, what is addiction? What does it mean to you after 10 years of being clean, you know? And we get in, we, we get in there and we see that we're addicted to anger, we're addicted to this, and, that, you know, all this stuff that's not good for us, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so we, have addiction, we have addictions going on even when we put down the drugs and alcohol. Right, and that's, I think, the, the idea of ongoing recovery and expanding recovery that's, I, I believe, was talked about, is talked about right. in the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and even, even in the very beginnings, um, you know, those people that got this whole movement started were basically like, look, we know that there's lots more, we're just starting it out and expand, you know, find yourself, right. find, right. find right. your higher power, keep growing. Right. So, Tom, if when your when is your book um, coming out, and how may people find it if they want to find it? Uh, it's actually on Amazon right now. May if you just type in May, my name or May, I, it comes mm-hmm. up, and it's there. It's actually there for pre order right now. Okay. So it will be out in May. Amazon will if you pre order the, be sending them out earlier then the book company actually releases them, you know. And then The Mindful Addict is on, is on Amazon also. And it, I get a lot of letters to this day, you know. From, I just got a letter the other day from Turkey. So uh, The Mindful Addict has been all over the world, and it's just making its world tour. And it's touching hearts. I'm blown away, you know. It's just like I get these awesome letters from people from every country just saying that the book has just touched their heart and that mm-hmm. is so neat you know it's it, you know it's not any kind of big bestseller but it's it's definitely touching hearts to those that read it and it's guy it's an adventure story isn't it it's kind of right. like a, it is. the one thing i hear is i can't put the book down people say you know they want to see what's on the next page yeah so, yeah so both of them are available on amazon and i'm not sure how this simple recovery guy ever ended up with two books on Amazon, but I did. Well, we're glad you, I'm glad you did. And so, Tom, I want to thank you for being my guest. My guest is Tom Catton, and that's C-A-T-T-O-N. You can find Tom on Facebook if you want to hear more about what he's doing, and, um, and uh, I want to thank you a lot for being my guest today on Spirit of Recovery, and uh, so grateful, and we're, I'm going to see you being present in this moment with Madame Pele and knowing that all is well. And, and thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. All right. all right. And thank you Aloha. all for listening. Yeah. Have a wonderful week. And uh, we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time 
for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. From mayhem to miracle, from disaster to divine, Rants to Revelations Radio finds the opportunities for spiritual growth in everyday moments. Drawing from current headlines to pop culture, Reverend Ogan blurs the lines between the sacred and the profane, bringing meaning to the meaningless, with guests who are dedicated to transforming the world for good. Join Ogan live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central for Rants to Revelations Radio. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Aaron Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tolleson, we will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.